Hey listeners, we have a very rare opening for an associate sound designer mixer here at DeFacto Sound. That's my sound design studio and the studio behind 20,000 Hertz. To learn more, visit jobs.defactosound.com. This application window closes on May 22nd. Now, on to the show. Bunch right, 95 keeper, right Y slide, sprout left exit, Richard Nixon. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. I'm Dallas Taylor. Football has been America's most popular sport for decades, but the game has changed dramatically in recent years. Modern NFL play calls are a complex language of code words that, to most of us, just sounds like complete nonsense. All right, let's go west slot right, 72Z bingo, U split, can it, 58 Lexus Apple, 314 hammer. Just like you don't have to be an audiophile to listen to 20,000 Hertz, you don't have to be a sports fan to appreciate this episode. So stick with me here. By the end of this episode, you're going to know some things about football that even normal fans don't understand. Anyway, to the uninitiated, football can look pretty haphazard, but that couldn't be farther from the truth. Strategy and play calling is a huge part of the appeal of football. And that's what originally drew Dick Vermeil to the game. I got involved in football as a high school student my sophomore year in, in about 1951. So it's been a long time. Then I went on to, and played in high school, then junior college, then college, then became a high school football coach. And I really loved it. I loved the X's and O's part of it. It just fascinated me. It's like a chess game, how you move them around and all that. Play calls today might be beyond the comprehension of even the most diehard football fan. But when Coach Vermeil was starting out, the game was far simpler. I called my own plays in the huddle as a player in high school and junior college and in college. Of course, that's the archaic way to do it. When I became a coach, at first my quarterback called his own plays from a game plan, but we only had five or six runs and four or five passes in those days. Whenever I hear from one of my old high school players, I always finish it, coach for me, and then I put the play, blast right. That was a play. <laughs> we only had one or two formations. But while Coach Vermeil was calling Blast Right, a legend of the sidelines was experimenting with a technology decades ahead of his time. Paul Brown was the co-founder and coach of the Cleveland Browns, and the team still bears his name today. He won seven league championships over 25 seasons and invented everything from the face mask to some of the plays still in use today. During his time, two Cleveland fans, John Campbell and George Sarles, came to Brown with an idea. By modifying military radio technology, they could put a radio receiver in the quarterback's helmet, which would allow for coaches to speak directly to their players from the sideline. This was completely unheard of at the time. The technology was so new that a suspicious police officer almost arrested Campbell and Sarles when they were out testing the helmet one night. Luckily for them, the cop was a fellow Cleveland Browns fan and let them go. Later, during a preseason game against the Detroit Lions, Coach Brown tested the radio in his quarterback's helmet. Opposing coaches noticed the transmitter on the Browns' sideline, and the NFL banned the technology shortly after. That ban would stay in place for decades. 
Meanwhile, Dick Vermeil rose through the coaching ranks. In the 70s, he became the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles and brought with him the latest in play-calling techniques. As a head coach in the NFL, we called the place on the sideline. I would call the play. There'd be a coach on each side of me that would signal it in. Now, their bodies were numbered. Positions on their bodies were numbered, and they would take a left hand, touch a knee, right hand, touch a shoulder. That might mean 23. I had two signal callers because we didn't want people to know which guy was calling the play. One was hot one quarter, one was hot the other quarter, and we rotated. This technique is still common in college football, which doesn't allow direct radio communication between coach and quarterback. Before each play, you can see assistant coaches that look like they're waving off a swarm of angry bees as they signal to players. Once the call goes in, quarterbacks translate the information to a specific play. They do this by looking at a wristband with all the plays listed on it by number. Quarterback would wear an armband. A coach would signal number two, and he'd look at, ooh, number two is this play, and he would call it. And the formation packages would change with the substitute going in and out. One, two, sometimes three players going out in different packages. Although widespread, this system is far from perfect. I can specifically remember being third down goal to go on the two-yard line against the Dallas Cowboys and send in a play, and it got all screwed up. So the quarterback called a play. The play call was all screwed up, and we scored anyway. After six years coaching the Eagles, including a trip to the Super Bowl in 1980, Coach Vermeil retired from coaching. He became a football broadcaster, watching the game he loved from the press box. Through the years, I was in broadcasting, and I watched it change. I wasn't involved in it. It changed. It became more scientific. Pretty quick, the electronics came into it. And as we all know, we're in the entertainment business, so I want to keep the game smoother. Eventually, the NFL loosened restrictions on the use of radio headsets, mainly because they wanted to speed up the game. And after nearly 15 years away, Coach Vermeil came out of retirement to head coach the St. Louis Rams. Once he got there, he found that the league called plays in an entirely new way. As I came back into the league, it was now becoming electronic. At that time, you could call the play electronic from the press box to the head coach or assistant coach that was assigned that responsibility, and then he would signal it or send it in to the quarterback. You know, and in a few years, that kept getting more sophisticated, and pretty quick, you could send it direct to the quarterback. And it was about time. It took him too long to make that decision, really. The impact of direct coach-to-quarterback communication was immediate and dramatic. It made play calling way easier and sped up the overall speed of the game. It allowed for an entirely new level of complexity and strategy. I would say most NFL fans don't realize how complicated the schemes have become. It's amazing. And the different terminology used within a huddle call. They would be shocked. I could show you a game plan. There might be 150 passes in a game plan and 60 runs in a game plan, one game. When Coach Vermeil started, he had six runs and five passes in his entire playbook. Now he could call over 200 different plays, each with specific directions for every single player. You call a protection, scat right was a pass protection, 682, and then backs flare, you know. And you'll talk to a lot of quarterbacks. They'll tell you it is complicated. 
During the 1999 season, Vermeil coached one of the greatest offenses in NFL history. They were even nicknamed the greatest show on turf, and they won the Super Bowl. After the victory, Vermeil retired. Well, for the second time. But of course, that didn't last very long. Only two years later, the call of football pulled him back in. This time, he came out of retirement to head coach the Kansas City Chiefs. Despite the advancements in communication, Vermeil and coaches around the league still struggled with the limitations of their headsets. I can remember some friends of mine flew in to see us play in St. Louis. He flew home after the game at 30,000 feet. He called me up on his phone and talked to me at home. But at that same game, we had about five technical breakdowns in the signal being called from the coach on the sideline to the quarterback. The electronic system didn't consistently work. And, uh, you know, I remember being upset and I'm saying, I can't believe that I can talk to somebody 30,000 feet in the air and not to a guy 30 yards away on the field. Loud crowds exacerbated problems with the headsets when a quarterback couldn't hear a play call over their helmet radio. Their team had to take a timeout to get it right, or risk a delay of game penalty. When Vermeil coached for the Chiefs, he used that to his advantage. They play in Arrowhead Stadium, one of the loudest stadiums in all of sports. Well, you know, there's no question crowd noise can impact the game. You can feel the electricity of a stadium when it's on your side. You can feel the negative electricity when it's against you. Arrowhead, my gosh. When that crowd is into the game and it's going well, you've got a real edge. I always felt that they're going to have to use their timeouts. When you want to save them for a two-minute drill or something like that, it's critical. Coach Vermeil retired for the last time in 2005. His offensive strategies changed the game forever. But football's next revolution wouldn't come from the sidelines, but from engineers working in labs. The NFL needed technology that could keep up with a new generation of innovative coaches. So once again, battlefield technology would find its way onto the gridiron, giving football's field generals more power than ever before. We'll find out how after the break. Why should you learn another language with Babbel? Well, there are a ton of reasons, but let's see how many I can fit into 60 seconds. First, Babbel works fast. You can start having conversations in another language in as little as three weeks. Next, it makes overseas vacations more fun and less stressful. I used it all the time on my last trip to Italy. If you work with foreign collaborators, Babbel can help you deepen those relationships. It's a fun thing to do when you need a break, and it's way better than doom scrolling. Babbel teaches you about other cultures. Speaking for myself, learning something new just makes me feel good. It's very affordable. And finally, signing up for Babbel helps support 20,000 Hertz. Okay, make that eight reasons, or otto ragioni, as they'd say in Italian. To get started on a new language today, here's a special limited time deal for 20,000 Hertz listeners. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription right now at babbel.com slash 20K. This offer is only available for our listeners. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 20K for 55% off. Babbel.com slash 20K. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
Okay, so here's this episode's mystery sound. If you think you know what that sound is, tell us at mystery.20k.org. If you get it right, you'll be entered to win a super soft 20,000 Hertz t-shirt. Stick around to the end of the episode to hear the answer to last episode's mystery sound. For me, the hardest part of hiring is narrowing down the search, and that's where Indeed can help. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million visitors every month. That makes it the world's largest platform for finding skilled staff. In fact, during the time it'll take me to read this ad, 23 people will have been hired on Indeed. Whenever we list a job, we get a lot of applications. So many of them are from brilliant and talented people. But it can be really hard to have those applications rise to the top. With Indeed's smart matching engine, that process becomes a lot easier. And over time, the matching engine learns your preferences. The more you use it, the more efficient it becomes. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers said that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Right now, our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com Hertz. That's Indeed.com H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you watch an NFL game on television, you'll see coaches wearing large headsets with giant Bose logos on them. And before I go any further, a little disclaimer, none of this was written or influenced by Bose. Outside of fact-checking, they had no editorial control over this content. They just caught wind of the episode and loved the idea so much that they decided to sponsor it. So with that out of the way, the NFL legalized quarterback-to-coach radios in the 90s. That change ushered in an era of high-speed, complex offenses that took the league by storm. But by the mid-2000s, the old headsets just couldn't keep up. That's when Bose got involved. My name is Matt Ruey. I'm the senior product manager for our aviation, military, and broadcast markets. Bose makes headsets literally for M1 Abrams tanks. I mean, that couldn't be any more extreme in terms of noise. Bose was a company known more for home speaker systems and later for military and aviation headsets. Some of our aviation headsets started to get used in D1 football, college D1 football, and we started noticing this. And we thought, wow, you know, people really think that this headset is, must be really good because they're using it on the sidelines. To take on a challenge as unique as the NFL, Matt needed the help of Dan Gager. Dan is one of the founders of the Bose noise-canceling division. He's now a distinguished engineer at the company. So I said, well, let's go learn about the noise. Matt and I and some others went to the most convenient stadium, Gillette Stadium, and measured the noise, recorded it. Matt and Dan quickly discovered that noise at an NFL stadium is totally different than all of the noise they've studied before. The dynamic range in football in general is incredible. But football goes from incredibly quiet and an early play in the first quarter. You can go from that to being in Seattle, where the 12th man is incredibly loud. Supposedly, the, the crowd is the 12th person who actually impacts the game. And it is so loud there that if you're attending the game, you probably want to wear earplugs. It gets that loud. It's fascinating. I can look at the data from some measurements I took at a 
Seahawks 49ers game. And you can see in the data the excitement of the crowd because the human voice changes its mix of its timbre, its mix of spectral balance. As people start shouting, things shift higher in frequency. You can see that when it happens. And so it's figuring out how to optimize our headphones to work well in that sort of noise dominated at those frequencies. Communication is everything. That's Sean McVay, the current LA Rams head coach. Yeah, it can be extremely difficult, especially in some of these road atmospheres from an offensive standpoint. Fans going crazy, a lot of different things going on throughout the course of the game. One of the most important things that we can provide is, is clarity to our players. When there's clear communication, there's no gray, and guys can operate with confidence. They can play without any uncertainty, and that's a big thing in this league. Matt and Dan had to create a headset that could not only handle the unique sound of the stadium, but also the demands of coaching in the NFL. Typically on a consumer side, we want to cancel as much noise as possible. Matter of fact, if it was completely silent, that would be sometimes perfect for consumers. But in this environment, they really wanted to hear some of the things that were going on around them. And so you'll see this even in the NFL where a lot of coaches wear a single ear headset and that's there to allow them to hear some of the sounds around them. But at the same time, they really still need to hear what's going on on the intercom from the box that's up high up in the stadium or even from some of the other coaches that are right there on the field. While the NFL wanted to help coaches and players communicate better, they didn't want to turn the league into a video game. Assistant coaches and owners with sky-high views up in the press box can't radio players on the field. They have to talk to the head coach on the sideline. And while quarterback helmets have speakers that allow them to hear their coaches, they don't have a microphone. So they can't respond with questions. All of that means that Coach McVeigh has to constantly manage chaos on the sideline while staying on the same page with his players. So when you're talking through the headset, the unique thing about it is you've got the ability to communicate with all the coaches on the offensive staff, or if you want to flip over to the defensive staff, and then ultimately whoever that play caller is, you have the ability to press a button, just a one-way communication system to the quarterback. Before every snap, NFL coaches have to process a ton of information. They're taking input from their coaching staff, referencing a large sheet of notes they carry, and trying to match wits with their opponents. Well, you're battling against a lot of different things, playing the different situations, making sure that you've got contingency plans in place. Does this play have answers? We talk about it all the time. The players need to understand the intent, the mechanics, but then what are the potential problems that can arise within the framework of the play that they might need to solve? That tangled web of voices left Matt and Dan a task that was beyond anything they had experienced working with the military. I was blown away with the complexity of communication systems that these teams run. I've crawled around in airplanes, I've crawled around in armored vehicles. I was blown away with their system. And so the real challenge was figuring out how to take what we started with, adapt it to as an input-output device to this very complex communication system without having to redesign that whole communication system so that it worked well under normal conditions and it worked well when some coach was screaming at the top of his lungs. Not to mention, NFL teams work under a play clock, which means they only have 40 seconds to run their next play. 
And to make it even more complicated, the coach-to-quarterback communication is automatically cut off by the NFL at 15 seconds. This means that the entire coaching staff has only 25 seconds to strategize, make suggestions, give tips or reminders, pick a play, and get that information to the quarterback. Even then, the defense might line up in a way that would counter the play the coaches just called, forcing the quarterback to call an audible. Or in other words, pick a new play on the fly by shouting code words to his teammates. You know, a standard play call from us usually starts out where we'll, we'll call the personnel grouping, where if you say 12 personnel, that means that you've really got one halfback in the game, two tight ends, and then two receivers. Okay, a two-digit number. That's simple enough. And then you start out by the formation, any sort of motion shift, and then whatever that specific concept is. So far, we've covered who's on the field and where they're standing. I think I'm keeping up. So if we said, let's go west, right, ace, 18F sift, we're going to can it with pass 18F sift, X strike, Z bench. Wait, what? Let's go west, right, ace, 18F sift, we're going to can it with pass 18F sift, X strike, Z bench. Okay, that's who's on the field, where they're standing, and somehow instruction for what every player is doing. Just to recap, we've gone from Coach Vermeil calling plays like this. I put the play, blast right. That was a play. <laughs> We only had one or two formation. To Coach McVeigh calling plays now. Let's go west, right, ace, 18F sift. We're going to can it with pass 18F sift, X strike, Z bench. Basically, what we're looking for there is a run versus a certain premier look uh, with whatever the defense presents. If they give us something else, then we can run the play pass versus a better look. And, and that's how something like that would operate coming in and out of the huddle. So now, coaches aren't only calling one play. They're calling two simultaneously and letting the quarterback choose the best option when they see the defense. With all this new information coming from the sideline, you can understand why Matt was so nervous about how their new headsets would perform under the immense pressure. The first time the headsets made it into the NFL, I was glued to the TV and my phone, just checking to make sure that everything was working well. We had done a lot of tests beforehand, but it's nerve-wracking to know that not only are these coaches depending on it, but the fans who are watching the game and really, really are looking for every angle they can for their team to win. You don't want that headset to fail. You want them to make sure that everything is working perfectly and that communication isn't part of a problem for them. Bose and the NFL have continued to modify the headsets, making communication better than ever. And by working with players and coaches, they've created a system that changed football forever. I've been on the sidelines of the Super Bowl. And initially, I thought that was just going to be amazing. And how would I be able to even interact with these people? In the end, they're people, so which is cool. They're people, and they're, they're really nice and really cool people. Coaches in general are just very genuine, and they're, they're very businesslike. We have a lot of coaches who said, wow, you know, this is a really big difference. We're entering a day where the ability to wear something at your ear, to take information from electronic sources, to manage distractions and the noise of the world around you and put these together to make you most effective is becoming increasingly important. It exposes people to new possibilities that opens the world's mind to the range of things that we can do with sound. 
due in part to the headsets, scoring in the NFL has increased by 30% since the league allowed direct coach-to-quarterback communication. That means more excitement for fans everywhere, and even more wonderfully ridiculous play calls. Trips right, Y motion blade, Y out. Green, off nasty hound, two Y flutie, X basic backs right. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. Sprout left exit, Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon, okay? Twenty Thousand Hertz is produced out of the studios of DeFacto Sound, a sound design team that makes commercials, documentaries, and trailers sound incredible. To hear some of this sonic goodness, visit defactosound.com. This episode was written and produced by Mike Bayreuther and me, Dallas Taylor, with help from Sam Sneebly. It was edited, sound designed, and mixed by Jai Berger. Thanks to our guest, legendary coach Dick Vermeil. Coach Vermeil, what is your favorite sound? I know. Uh... It used to excite me when you hear a great hit. But now it's a 15-yard personal foul. Thanks also to LA Rams head coach Sean McVay, as well as Matt Rui, Dan Gager, and Alexandra Smith from Bose. Robert Baker played the part of our coach throughout the episode. He's an incredible actor who's been in tons of movies and television shows that you've probably seen. He also just so happens to be one of my oldest friends in the world. If you'd like to send him a nice note for being on the episode, you can find him on Twitter and Instagram as Sly Huckleberry. The music in this episode is from our friends at Musicbed. Go listen at musicbed.com. Finally, are there any other cool sports-focused sound stories that you know of? Well, I'd like to hear all about it. You can chat with me and the rest of the 20K team through our website, Facebook, Twitter, or by writing hi at 20k.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>